All right, all right, ladies and gents. First of all, thank you guys so much for coming back and tuning in to a new episode of Just So We're Clear, brought to you by myself, Hanley Hofer, and of course, Marissa True. Hi, guys. Now, today is... Okay, I'm not going to lie, you guys. I've been looking forward to recording this episode for since since the idea came to us, really, because this is an episode that and this is a topic that holds dear to me, but I also feel is really misunderstood out there. Today, we are going one on one into astrology. And joining us in the house is none other than the gorgeous, beautiful Sarah from She Sees the Stars. Hey, Sarah. Hi, what an introduction. Gosh, you make me feel so good about myself. Thank you. So So happy to be here with you girls and to talk about something that I love and something that is um, so interesting. And yeah, I would agree, very misunderstood. So it's a good time to be talking about this as well, because in 2020, there's a lot of really big things happening in the sky that do not happen very often. And I think a lot of people are kind of looking for answers. They're wondering what's going on and what's the bigger picture here. And, you know, it's interesting. Many people who are not normally open to spirituality and open to astrology are actually starting to contact me and ask questions and open up their mind a little bit and turn to a deeper level and a deeper layer. So it's really cool to be here talking about this and just spreading the word and helping people understand what's happening in the world and what's happening for their own personal lives. And it's a juicy topic. I can talk about the stars, honestly, for hours and hours. (laughs) So (laughs) let's get into it. Okay, so I think just a little background to start with you. Sarah, you are currently based in Bali right now. I am, yes, the island of the gods. Where are you originally from? So I was born in New Zealand um, in a place called Queenstown, which is extremely beautiful. Those of you that have been to Queenstown will know it's where Lord of the Rings was filmed. So it's big glaciers and mountains, and it's just the most incredibly beautiful place. And um, I grew up with the probably the best view of the stars in the entire world. So in New Zealand at nighttime, especially in Queenstown, there's no light pollution. So you can see the Milky Way and you can see the Southern Lights and you see shooting stars. It's just extremely beautiful. So I was lucky enough to grow up in such a phenomenal place and I had an obsession with the sky from a young age. I actually wanted to be an astronaut when I was a kid. Um, And then from there, once I kind of, I went to university in Australia and I just started traveling a lot and um, I used to work in music. So I would travel around a lot with music and I ended up in India for a short time. And when I was in India, I stumbled across an astrologer, an Indian astrologer who was this lovely little man called Pratik sitting in a cave who offered me some chai and looked at my chart and Honestly, I was just so floored that someone I'd never met before had such incredible insight on my mother and my father and my brother and my upbringing and my career and you know my love life. And I just sat there with my jaw on the floor and couldn't believe that somebody could tell me such accurate guidance around my life. So this was around 10 years ago. I was in my like very early 20s and... Um, after that, that reading, he said to me, okay, now you go do my job for other people. And I laughed. I thought that, you know, that was absolutely crazy. And then as time progressed, I started to become more and more fascinated with astrology and 
very obsessed with astrology and I've also been quite intuitive. So when you blend the two together, um, it provides a lot of insight and guidance for people. And I felt so touched when I had that reading in India. It was so amazing to be seen and to have someone really see you and see how your mind ticks and see your coping mechanisms and, you know, talk with no judgment and compassion around certain journeys and experiences that I was having. It was just so powerful to be seen and understood on that level. So after that experience, it really gave me this new insight on what life is and what we're here for. And so I felt so inclined to want to be able to do what he did for me for other people. Um, so it started as a hobby and then I ended up here in Bali. And um, at the time, astrology was kind of becoming a bit of a hot topic and I had a lot of friends wanting to know about their love life and coming to me for free advice from the stars. And then eventually they were like, oh, you know, can I buy one for my mom and my brother and my dad? And, and a business just kind of started on its own accord. And I believe when things flow like that, it's really meant to be. So. I followed the journey and I'm so happy that I did because it's just, it's very rewarding and um, a really fun and interesting topic to talk about. So I, I want to go into this conversation as open-minded as I can, because I did say to you before that I'm naturally quite skeptical. Um, astrology is not something I'm particularly familiar with. I've never had a reading, but like you said, astrology's blown up in the last few years and it's it's pervaded social media it's pervaded mainstream news um and so like i i really want to get a clear understanding of what it is because i have a firm belief in having like spirituality play a really big part in my life but i've never attached it to something like astrology so yeah so i just have a i have a lot of baseline questions to ask you because um i just don't know and one of the first things I do really want to ask is, given how many people have seemed to gotten it, like to have gotten involved in it, is it something that you can actually teach yourself to do to become a reader? You know, I think um, my beliefs are what's right will find you. So astrology really found me. It wasn't something I was out looking for, you know, it just kind of found me. Um, I was in the right place at the right time in the right country and I had this profound reading and then um, it's it's like it stimulated something within my heart where I felt so curious and passionate about it that I would sit up until four o'clock in the morning, you know, reading about different placements. And so when I was in India, I actually did um, study astrology. I went and studied and, and kind of had guidance from some of these super old school Vedic astrologers. Um, so it really found me. And I think that you people can absolutely educate themselves around this. They can read about it and, um, you know, they can get online and there's a lot of YouTube videos. There's a lot of content out there, but it's a very comprehensive science. So, you know, I think to be able to, to really give someone solid guidance, it takes a lot of time and experience to figure it out because it's very mathematical, it's very scientific, and it's also extremely spiritual. So you have to have that intuitive um, instinct on, on, you know, like when we look at a birth chart, for example, it's broken up into 12 different sections, which we call houses in astrology. But each house 
represents a, a different theme of someone's life. And Henley will know this because we did her reading not so long ago. But for example, the fifth house represents romance, but it also represents kids and it also represents hobbies. So when you see a house and you see planets within that house, a good astrologer has to use their intuition to kind of distinguish which particular theme of that house is resonating with the client you know so you can see one venus in the fifth house it might mean someone's going to have a daughter but it can also mean someone's got like singing abilities so it's like you have to really blend the it's like a tarot reader you know they have their tool that they use but but ultimately the the astrologer or the reader i believe to be a good astrologer you have to have a lot of insight and a lot of kind of clear cognizance and just a sense of knowing and that's what discerns um, someone who can kind of do this as a hobby as opposed to to really having like a quality ring and getting that like depth of insight so I believe it's a blend of, of spiritual understanding and insight and then astrology for me is like my tool so it's like my tarot cards or my um, my crystals or you know that's that's the specific tool that I would use so yes people can educate themselves to come back around to your question they can but I think you have to have, um, I feel like it chooses you, you know, it chooses you. If you really resonate on that and you have that depth of understanding and that good insight, then it's a beautiful combination and a really um, powerful tool. So you're basically taking um, what's a very strong belief system for you and then taking more like practical skills when I get, when I guess you could relate it to something like counseling and just having high EQ and a sense of empathy so that you can actually connect to someone on a, for lack of a better term, earth level. Um, yeah, it's really, it's a good term. That's a very appropriate term. <laughs> I, I don't want people to come to me and me just say to them, you know, fluff and rainbows and be like, oh, you know, it looks to me like you're, you're going to be a great receptionist and you're going to find your <laughs> husband and you're going to have three kids and, and, you know, a golden retriever. That's not my session. So if you show up for my session, we get into the nitty gritties of things and your trauma comes up and we talk about like some of the unhealthy coping mechanisms that you might be tapping into or, or what's triggered that or where that's come from and how that's kind of become part of your life trajectory. And then I would say I probably spend the predominant amount of the session helping to guide people on how to navigate that to really up-level their lives and alchemize that that difficult energy and turn it into gold you know yeah that's that's the essence of my readings is I want people to feel like they can leave and go wow you know I don't want them to feel guilt or shame around some of the difficult parts of their chart because it was going to happen it's where the planets are it's not their fault we can blame the planets <laughs> the planets <laughs> are neutral and then I use my insight and my empathy 100% to try to help people um, integrate that and and alchemize that. And that's what creates a really powerful reading because, you know, six or 12 months down the track after those sessions, people will chat and go, oh my gosh, you know, that really had a profound impact on my life and I felt so understood and seen and not judged. And now I know that I have tools in my toolkit to help me through these times and that's what gets me excited is feeling like people can take something away from that guidance. And, um, that's when I feel like I'm really in my purpose, you know, not like, not just talking about, Oh, you're a cancer, you know, you'd be a great chef. <laughs> that type of insight, but people know that about themselves anyway. So I want to take it further. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I had a reading with Sarah and for two days after babe, when people asked me about it, I couldn't, fully give an answer. 
I would have to, it's hard. They were like, what happened? What did she say? And I was like, I, cause we recorded it. And I was like, guys, I have to go back and listen to it and really digest. Cause it's really hard for me to just summarize. Like, how was it? So my approach to horoscopes is that I, I mean, like I growing up, I would love reading like, you know, like the Clio magazine, like back pages, <laughs> <laughs> monthly forecasts. Um, <laughs> So I guess I was, I'm going to say this in inverted commas, I was victim to kind of like the cliche of how horoscopes were portrayed. Um, I had a lot of friends that were really interested in it and started reading like natal charts. And then they started comparing mine and we all put our stuff into CoStar. I'm sure a lot of our listeners as well are probably nodding along with like, yes, that's my level of interest. But really when I had that reading with you and just going so in depth, I walked away with exactly what you said. I felt seen. I felt justified. I felt like all the things that I knew about myself were just verified because I, I literally saw a map that explained why I was the way I was. So I guess leading up to that, what do you say or what would you say are some of the misconceptions surrounding astrology nowadays? So, I mean, when we looked at your chat, honey, you would have seen like there's more than one planet going on up there. You know, mm -hmm. there's so a we're lot. more than just our we're more than star signs. Yes, that's exactly yeah. right. So when you look at a chart, you know, and it's we need the birth time as well. It's not just the month that determines your energy. We need a specific time. We need a specific location. And so then we want to look at like okay, sure, the sun is in Leo, for example, but we've also got Venus, which is who and how you love. We have Mars, which is how you assert yourself. We have the moon, which is connected to the mother. It gives us an indication around the mother. It also shows us your deep emotional truths. And then within each planet, we're looking at how do they interact with the other planets? Is this a tense relationship for you or is this a positive relationship in your chart? So then we've got the different house system. So it's it's very, very comprehensive. I do believe the sun sign still does give us quite a good insight into someone's predominant kind of identity and ego because if we look at the solar system, um, you know, for example, the moon, most women are very in sync with the moon, whether they recognize that or not. Our periods, our hormones, our moods, we are synced up to the moon in ancient, ancient astrology you know, in, in India, they call your period your moon cycle. It's referred to as your moon cycle. And if you're not on contraception and we're very in touch with, with nature, that's what happens. We, we bleed with the moon. It, it all syncs up. So that's just the moon. That's just one very small planetary body in a solar system with huge planetary bodies. So if the moon can turn the tides and, and impact us on such a level, um, even in psychiatric wards, they have to hire extra staff on full moons because this really? is where the world, uh, the, the word lunacy comes from, lunatic, mm -hmm. lunatic. It's actually connected to the moon. When the moon is full, it illuminates a lot of our shadow side so we can feel very sensitive, we can feel very easily triggered, a lot of our trauma can come up, and it really depends on what sign it's happening. But just to give an example, that's just simply the, the moon, right? So in our solar system, there are so many humongous planetary bodies that have a big gravitational pull on our planet and on us. We are part of that cycle. You know, we live on Earth and we are part of Earth. We, we are part of that. We come from that. We are made from atoms from the same space. So I guess 
when you look at a chart and when people read a horoscope, it can certainly resonate a little bit. You know, if, if I was like writing a horoscope for Libra, I would look at the planet Venus, which each sign has a ruling planet. So I'd look at Venus for the month and I would see, okay, is she going to be in a sign that she's happy in or is she going to be going backwards or what's she doing? And so I could give generalized guidance for like a Libra person because I would look at the ruling planet and see what was happening with that. And you know, and, and how that's impacting their sun sign. So reading horoscopes and things, it, there's no harm in it. It can actually give you sometimes some somewhat guidance that might resonate with you a little bit. But as you saw in your chart, you might have your sun in one place. You might have six planets in another sign. So, you know, you'd actually be better off reading that other sign's horoscope. So it's it's just a lot more multifaceted than the mainstream media has us believe. I still think we can gather some insight in horoscopes and there can be, you know, little tiny pockets of truth where you might go, yeah, I am really tired this month, <laughs> you know. Um, but if, if someone's wanting deep insight, then I would want to dive right in and look at where everything was sitting, not so much just their sun sign. And I think that's why astrology sometimes does get a bad rap because you know there's 12 zodiac signs and a lot of people will be like well how is it that me as well as you know my cousin and my brother and my neighbor who are all Libras are going to have the same forecast you know I, I really get that which is why it's, it's good to go deeper and kind of have a little bit more of a depth in understanding so I was similar to Hanley in that when I was growing up I loved reading the monthly forecasts in like you know, teen magazines, just because it, to me, it was sort of like, it was sort of like opening a fortune cookie. You just wanted to know what it said, right? Like it was just, it was exciting to see, oh, will it be right this time? But it was never something I attached myself to. Um, my mum's a very spiritual person, but she didn't, she doesn't look into astrology. She, she's, I don't really know if there's a word for it, but like she, she consults different readers of different kinds. Um, but for me, what I've understood by reading horoscopes in today's age, which I think is a lot more in depth than it ever was in the past. Um, it's a lot more focused on like this week or tonight. And it's not, you know, general forecasts for Scorpios as a whole. But though I don't believe in it per se, what I will give astrology strong credit for is the fact that I've found the advice, even though it may not necessarily be directly applicable to me um, on every instance, just because I feel like that's an impossibility. It's just generally good advice overall. Yeah. I mean, if you, if it's so hard to comment on this because there are so many different apps and there are so many different magazines, there are so many different people writing this content. So, I would just say you'd want to be sourcing a um, an app or or an astrologer who's got a lot of integrity. And then you're right. Then you're going to get good guidance because they're going to tell you things that are beneficial to humanity, you know, which is feel your feelings. Don't ignore them or integrate this or that. So I would just say discern your your um, the creator of your content. Be discerning about that. As I said, we don't want people throwing glitter on things you know I if someone's if someone's going through a really shitty time and then they open up a magazine and it says you know you're going to meet the love of your life on Wednesday and they get attached to that it's really not healthy it's sending them false hope um for example before 2020 at the end of last year I wrote a lot of posts on my Instagram 
forecasting this year and saying this is going to be a really hard year. There's going to be trauma. We're going to talk about 2020. It's going to go down in history. Um, I feel for me it's important to be honest and share the truth and not, yeah, like not, not focus on the rainbows and the butterfly side of things, like to actually be real so that people can be prepared and, and kind of have that level of, of depth. So then what can people actually do to filter through all the noise? Because, I mean, just looking at Instagram, there's not a day that goes by where my Explore feed won't recommend, say, 20 different astrology accounts. And I don't really know why they're targeting me because I'm, I'm not particularly their demographic. But they're all saying something different. They're all, say, they're all talking about the same phenomenon. Maybe it's a full moon. Maybe it's something in retrograde. I'm not, I'm not really sure. But they all come out with something different. And if you go through their accounts, they're obviously very manicured. They all look very professional. So how are you supposed to find the one that's actually the right one? I mean, I feel like this question could be applied to anything in life. And you have to just use your discernment and what resonates with you. You know, like for me, if I'm reading a forecast, I'm like, well, none of that feels accurate in my body. If I pay attention to this, you know, it might say something like I said, you're going to meet your love of your life on Wednesday. <laughs> my bullshit radar will kick off and go, well, that's not happening. And I just don't really feel that this is, is something that feels in alignment with me. But if I read something that might say, okay, so there's a lot of retrogrades this week, you might find that your energy levels are low, you might find that past love hurts might be triggered, your attachment style might be feeling triggered, breathe through it, you know, journal. Um, so something that's offering like some guidance to help move through and navigate the energies. And if I read that and go, well, yeah, like I totally feel that. That's absolutely something I resonate with. Follow that account and cut out the others. You know, you just have to listen to your intuition on that one. And I believe that with everything in life, with food, with any type of content, you know, we are the ones who are responsible for filtering in what we want in our reality. So if it's bombarding you and it's not in alignment, unfollow, you know, and just stick with the one that really resonates with you. Yeah, but also then don't close off um, just because you read maybe three out of five that are don't don't line with you. It doesn't mean that that whole practice is not right. Those were just those three out of five posts. And, and some yeah. people will, will like that, you know, there's a lot of like, really funny astrology accounts that just post memes and they're absolutely oh, yeah. hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I follow a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, and it might be like poking fun at a Leo or poking fun at a Scorpio. You guys will be like, oh my God, I am that, you know? Yeah. I, I do want to be in the limelight or a Scorpio might be like, I am kind of paranoid. I get that. Like follow those ones because they give you a laugh. You know, there's different, there's different, every astrologer is very, very, very unique. Um, for me, I, I use a lot more of my intuition than I feel others would. And my sessions become more like counseling sessions than, than kind of just telling someone who they are. But some people don't want that. Some people aren't ready for that. You know, they might just want to kind of do more of the lighter stuff and that's okay. So it really is just, yeah, being open to what feels in alignment to your truth. But then, so my struggle there is distinguishing, uh, trying to find an account that resonates with me. So say I've, I've read, I don't know, a forecast and I think actually I could take the information that's shared there and apply it to my life. And, you know, based on, you know, my intuition, my sense of self, sure. But then 
am I not, is it not just a confirmation bias where I'm just going to be seeking out information that works for me? Because then I feel like it sort of, it conflicts with the notion of it being a science if I'm just looking for what works. Or is it just that, you know, if we consider astrologers as scientists for a second, we just don't know who the good scientists are from the bad unless they connect directly to me. That's, that's, I, I've never been able to wrap my head around it. Yeah, it is the science. It is astrology is a science, and like when you're like, oh, you know, it's it's becoming a bit of a hot topic. It was a hot topic thousands of years ago. You know, the kings in India used to have a personal astrologer that would live with them in their um, in their homes. Um, you know, royal families have have consulted astrologers for years. When you actually start to understand astrology, so when you actually get into it and, and look into it further at a level of depth, you can't deny the truth. It's extremely accurate. Like, for example, Jupiter and Pluto are in conjunction right now. The last time that happened was a pandemic, and the time before that was a pandemic, and the time before that was a pandemic too. So we start to look at how those transits resonate in history and go, well, last time this happened you know, there was a Spanish flu. So it's highly likely that something along those lines could spread. So when you start to apply astrology to history and the accuracy of that, that's how we forecast. And then things happen and then it becomes the truth, you know. So, But you have to have an understanding of that really. Like it's it's far more than the Cleo horoscopes. <laughs> as much as the Cleo <laughs> horoscopes, but, you know, um, there's a lot of big transits happening right now too. You know, Saturn, which is a planet that represents karmic cycles and he's kind of, planets have different identities. Some of them are positive and friendly. Some of them are difficult. Saturn is difficult. Pluto is difficult. And these two have come into conjunction this year. So for me, when I looked at that, I, I knew 2020 is going to be a really difficult year. And in astrology, a conjunction is when the planets are right next to each other. So they really feed off each other and amplify things. Um, and there's also something called an opposition which is when they're totally opposite each other in the sky. So the last time we had a, a Saturn and Pluto conjunction, um, you know, we had a huge recession. The time before that was World War II. The time before that was World War I. The last time we had an opposition was 9-11. So when you start to look at the history behind it, you know, there was no way that I was going to look at this year and go, okay, well, we've got Jupiter and Pluto in a conjunction, so highly likely there's going to be a pandemic, and Saturn and Pluto in a conjunction, highly likely there's going to be some sort of a, a big tension here, you know, like September 11 or a lot of death. Pluto represents death. So... I knew this year was going to be big, you know, and I remember when I was writing the post, I, I kept saying to people, like, I don't want to scare you. This is a, a part of the cycles of life. You know, this is the, the cycle of destiny and this is how things are going to play out. And it's always working for us. If we look on the other side of, of different wars and different pandemics, the growth that comes out of that is when humanity really looks at what matters and when we come together and, um, and create, you know, new ways of being. So on the other side of this year, there will be new apps being created, new online platforms being created. People will start to really appreciate the smaller things more. We're not going to take things for granted so much. We're not going to live in such a superficial bubble because, you know, we're starting to really look at what matters. And on the bigger picture, the energies out there that are pulling the strings, all of these transits are part of that to help amplify energy so we see them, so we can integrate them. Um, and it's 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 almost freakishly accurate. <laughs> it's freakishly wow. accurate. Sometimes you're like, so, oh my god, you know. 
So I have to ask then, when you were doing a forecast for this year and you were able to sit down and you were like, oh my God, yeah, something's going to happen. (laughs) (laughs) The planets are going to cause some shit this year. I mean, you, you had insight. So you had a foreboding. You, you sort of knew that something was coming and you had that individual experience for you. So what's it like being someone who knows that something's coming? Like, what did you do with that, with those feelings? I mean, I definitely felt like I had to be very careful with how I was going to word this because I'm not someone who believes in spreading fear. And I also have the depth and understanding that all of these things play out for a reason. If I look at my personal life and just my journey, my trajectory, which is what I can relate to more than anything else, the biggest traumas in my life have led to the biggest breakthroughs. The times where I've really hit rock bottom or had a really difficult experience that I've had to navigate are those times where I've found my truth, resonated in my strength, developed more empathy, can can relate to people on a, on a deeper level. So I believe that there's beauty in the breakdown. Um, so I didn't feel that fear so much. I was more like it's important to share this information so that other people can really understand that, that things are going to unfold and it's going to feel hard and it's going to be challenging and it's that squeeze before the next level of expansion. So the things that come out of this, you know, next two to three years are going to blow our minds. The technology advances are going to absolutely blow our minds. It's, it's, it's really amazing to see the next level of growth exponentially as human beings that will come through this squeeze. And, um, you know, in my personal life, I feel that when I've had a really hard time or a difficult breakup, I start to reprioritize what matters in my life. And then I throw myself out into the next chapter and blossom further. So that is what's going to happen as a collective for sure. But this year, it's still unfolding. It's still going to be a shit show. There's potentially going to be maybe some other form of, um, you know, what do they call it? Like another breakout again, another, um, another peak happen it's going to be a big year and it's going to be a year where we, we look back in history and kind of go wow remember 2020 how insane was that year oh my god <laughs> it's like the moment i see 2020 even on print i'm going to just get flashbacks of sitting yeah. at home <laughs> just like 2020 yeah. <laughs> like ptsd almost of just what um i have to comment though sarah like i i love that you are such a nurturing person and that you are so careful with your words and, and even just what you said there, addressing the situation, which is pretty, it's pretty, I mean, our reality right now is kind of shit, but how you just said it and how you are keeping the momentum of looking forward. And I think that's a message that just throughout, we need to keep pushing on every platform. Like all we can do is stay hopeful, look forward, things will bloom out of this. It's like diamonds form under pressure, all those beautiful analogies. This is what we want to spread and share. So thank you for adding that to this. Of course, my pleasure. And we have to remember that life is short and everything is energy. So you are responsible for your own energy. You know, we are Mm -hmm. responsible for our own energy. So if you're listening to the fear and the media and it doesn't make you feel good, then your energy is telling you it's not the right place to be focusing. You know, turn that off, put some good music on, cook some nice food, start to appreciate being in your home, buy some new plants, call your friend, you know, like up level your energy. We need to, as a collective, try to raise the energy because um, everything is energy. And that's a whole other conversation that I'm not going to go further. That's- I'm smiling already. Like, I would <laughs> yeah. love to get into that. <laughs> yeah. But, but that's yeah. important. It's important. 
yeah, like so my my background's in psychology. Um and so a lot of a lot of the notion around like empathy as well as self-healing, self-help, looking for coping mechanisms. Like I, I find spirituality is a natural place for us to revert to in the same way that some of us will find Christianity, Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism. We we use like we use these almost mythical metaphors as instruments of guidance. And I feel like astrology works in the same way that it, it requires a high degree of faith. But I think often the outcomes for everyone, like you say, are very different. So I, when it comes to predictions, I think that I think I agree with you that I think there is a cyclical nature in just how the world and the universe works. Like we, in the last, like out of the last financial crisis, we had some of the biggest tech companies coming up and they're predicting the same for this. Uh, Bill Gates predicted the onset of a pandemic a while back because he just said, based on biology, there's bound to be a mutation. There's bound to be a disease that jumps the species barrier the same way it did with like bird flu, uh, swine flu. For me, linking it to like linking it to astrology is it's just it seems more of just like giving people something to lean on, something as a source of comfort, um, and just general guidance. Because personally, I feel that I can come to the same realizations without necessarily having my personal belief system lie in astrology. Everybody resonates with different things. And one thing that I would say is, you know, we, we are born into this world, we come in alone and we die alone. Right. And I believe that in, in our society with the way that things have been, most people feel very, very alone and they feel very, very misunderstood and they feel like they need support. You know, we need to learn to be vulnerable in this world, but it's very difficult to do that if you don't have a solid support system. And we live in a world with, that is fueled by narcissism and ego and materialism. And so in a way, what's happening now is actually um, on one side of the coin, a good thing because that, that priority is really not a life and death situation. And so a lot of reshuffling of priorities is going to come out of this phase. I agree. I think that people turn to what resonates to them. Maybe it is Buddhism. Maybe it is meditation. Maybe it is Islam. It might be what your parents taught you. It might be something that's linked to your generational patterns. It might be something that you choose to align with completely uniquely on your own accord. But if you if you reach out and you have a um, an impactful discussion with a good astrologer, you will never in your life feel more sane. If a complete stranger can sit opposite you and describe your mother and describe your father and talk about your childhood and talk about your siblings, tell you about your ex, <laughs> tell you about your attachment styles, tell you if you're a little codependent or a little avoidant or whatever it is, if someone that you have never met before can open up their mouth and get into your soul and make you feel sane, it's profoundly transformative. It can be more form, more transformative than sitting talking to God. I believe in God. I pray. But God doesn't always talk back. With astrology, you get an explanation back. And, and that is, it's, it's a game changer. It really is. And I think it's very difficult to understand until you actually have the experience. That is such a beautiful sort of roundup, I'd say. Yeah, it's hard because I meet people and, you know, they put me in a box and they think I'm this, you know, woo-woo crazy girl. And then when we get into a session, we have real talk. It's so different, you know. It's it's like it's it's 
very hard to explain, <laughs> but, it, <laughs> but it is like you said, honey, you had to take a couple of days to kind of, I really did. I'm still, yeah. I'm still working through it to be honest, because yeah, I, I really have come out of my reading with you with just a different type of grounding. It's, it's hard to explain. It's really hard to explain. So Marissa, girl, you're going to have to get a meeting. Like if anything (laughs) you are taken away from this, it's like, you have to try it. Let Sarah read you. (laughs) Look, yeah. And then come back and let's talk about it. (laughs) Yeah. I've, I've never, I've never had a reading. I'm very much a person of, with the attitude of never say never. I, I consider myself fairly open to this sort of thing. And even though I think there's room for spirituality, like I said, it's never, I've never attached it to astrology. Uh, it's for me, it's been a very obscure, just obtuse general sense of feeling, um, intuition yeah. guidance yeah. by just, I don't know, energy for lack of a better term. Um, so I've never attached it to any kind of structured system, let alone, you know, the planets. Um, I'd be open, right? Like I'd never, I'd guys, never, but, but here's the thing. But girl, here's the thing. It's like, I think with everyone who is on their spiritual journey and we all are, we all are, but it's, it's like, it comes to you. When I started getting introduced to spirituality, it literally was knocking on my door. I didn't, I didn't pick up anything to go into it. It was a topic that was just so prevalent in my day to day out of nowhere that I decided, all right, well, actually, it was someone who said it to me. They're like, yeah, it's literally knocking at your door. You have to open the door. And I was like, what? <laughs> that I really, really couldn't agree with you more. You know, like I I don't really push my business. People come to me when they're ready. And, and yeah. it, it finds, it does find you. I really believe in that. When you're open and you're in alignment and you're going through the motions when you're ready, the door will be knocking, you know? Yeah. I really don't feel like people are when they're younger in who end up in, in situations as healers or as mediums or as intuitives. I don't think that they were like, I'm going to grow up and, and be that person. They, they go through like a yeah. lot of struggles <laughs> to get there. <laughs> it's so true. You know, gosh, like I used to live in New York and be and work in music. If someone had said to me, you'd be living in a tropical island working as an astrologer, I would have laughed and thought that they would <laughs> But it just found me. Just so, fast like, forward five like, years, I'm an astrologer too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would say <laughs> Marissa's like in Nepal. Yeah, just like an God, ashram or something. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, like I, I've always been one that, I always struggle to interpret my intuition, my gut instincts, because if something made me nervous, if something made me uneasy, I would just say, you know what, I'm feeling anxious. And I'd put it to bed, put it to one side. And it was only rather recently that I started to draw the connection between what was going on outside of me and how I was feeling internally. But it was more rather than it being like, oh, is the universe trying to tell me something? For me, it was more inward. It was my body's reacting to something that my brain hasn't picked up on yet. And it's paying attention to just like my system as a, as a physical being and my reactions there more than being like, what's Pluto up to? Or is Mercury in retrograde? It's all very, very connected, you know, like even in ancient astrology, certain organs, certain parts of the body are connected to different planets and different signs. So a lot of singers have a lot of strong Taurus placements because that sign rules the throat. So 
people in with the moon in the first house, they usually have very feminine, womanly bodies, you know, they get gifted the beautiful breasts. And so when you're <laughs> born, it's kind of <laughs> I think we have to remember that everything is so connected. Everything is just so, so connected. We are connected to the stars, we are connected to our bodies, we are connected to each other. That we, you know, the Buddhists, they all say we really are all one, and it's quite difficult to wrap our heads around that. It's a very profound level of thinking, but we are all extremely connected to what's going on above and below and internally. And your body is more than our mind. You know, the body is so so wise. So we have a hard time getting out of our mind. That's our ego. That's our. It's our part of ourselves that runs the show ninety nine point nine percent of the time. But when we get out of the mind, we get into a meditative state. Or we listen to our body. It's it's so wise. The body is so wise. I wanna I wanna circle back to a point that you made um, a while ago, which was that we live in a world where uh, we have a lot of ego. We had a lot of narcissism, um, and a lot of it's driven by that. But a lot of these same people are often also ones who will find astrology, um, seek counsel in it, but then. I feel there have, I mean, at least in my life, there have been cases where people rest on their signs or what's going on in the planets as an excuse for, frankly, shitty behavior. And so how, how do we, because how do we separate that? Like, how do we get those people to acknowledge it's not because you're a certain sign or a planet's in a certain place, you're just being an asshole? <laughs> I think <clears throat> everyone has different coping mechanisms. Mm. So when I somebody's chart you can see why they might do things a certain way so I tend to have a lot of empathy and compassion around someone's coping mechanisms even if it would be they would be perceived as you know an asshole or selfish or narcissistic when they come to me it's usually because they're ready to shift it they wouldn't be coming to me otherwise so I don't really deal with people that are too stuck in that way I believe we live in a world that's been pushing us you know into that but the people that come to me, they're really, they're really at a level, like, like, like we said, it finds them, you know, they might get a referral or someone will buy them a gift voucher or something and they show up and they're ready to hear it. So I can call them out, you know, <laughs> and be like, you're really bossy or like, or, you know, you've got control issues or whatever that might be. And then I try to encourage them to take responsibility to, to work through that. And, um, I feel they resonate because it's true, you know. Like if I say that to someone, they can't deny it because it's true. So they'll be like, "Oh shit, she can really see this." Okay, yep, I do do that. <laughs> and 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 then I try to help them first of all forgive themselves for that and kind of you know often our coping mechanisms, as you know, if you come from the background of psychology, our coping mechanisms are very deeply, deeply connected to our childhood and our attachment styles and our trauma, and everyone's been through it. From an astrologer's perspective, it's almost like you choose your trajectory before you come in. So you choose to have that trauma so that you have this lesson to learn and this particular experience to grow through. So they come to me. I will call them out on their, on what they're doing and their unhealthy habits. I will also compassionately and, and with empathy show them where that came from so they don't berate themselves for it and go, well, yeah, I did have, you know, I was abused and so therefore I am very guarded or whatever that is, just to soften their relationship with, with their coping mechanisms and understand that they're really doing it from a self-protective sort of a space. But then in that I would try to encourage them to, to like, it's like we, we say our childhood trauma is not our fault, but it is our responsibility as an adult to shift that. 
So after the session, people then, they have to take responsibility for that themselves. That's on them and it's up to them whether they choose to integrate the message and if they're ready for it and they want to move through things, they want to ship things, they want to have healthy relationships and deep connections, then they usually do. They take they take the guidance and they I usually give them some tools and they might start to meditate or read some books or listen to some podcasts or check in with their astrology every few months just to stay on that healthy path. And then the ones that aren't ready, I don't tend to, to hear from them again unless they come mm. back five years later down the track and they're like, okay, you were right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, guys. So sorry, just to kind of monitor the time on this, we have gone a little over. Sarah, thank you so much for being such a player with Perfect. this, with all the questions that we've been throwing at you. Um, I guess I'd just like to round this off. First of all, once again, with a giant thank you. But also, but also to kind of seal this off with a message of positivity, a message of hope. Um, maybe you could spare a few more words and bestow onto our listeners something to look forward to or a little light in these times. A hundred percent. So I think a lot of people are referring to the cycle that we're in as the great pause and the great reset. And we are very good as people at being busy, at being distracted, at being in the doing and the chasing and kind of, you know, we, we, like I said before, we are living in a world that has promoted success and conditional love, which is you will be lovable and accepted if you look a certain way and if you achieve a certain thing. And so we've all been raised in this environment where we haven't really felt like we're enough as we are unconditionally. There's been conditions and in this great pause and this great reset, you know, we're going to start to recognize that maybe that, that <laughs> those standards that we were setting on ourselves aren't actually important. Maybe freedom is important. Maybe being able to see a loved one is important. Maybe intimate connections are real. So there is this reshuffling and redistribution energetically of what truly matters. And a lot of people in our generation are depressed and they are anxious. And that to me is a very clear indication that something is quite not right, that we're off the path, you know. So I feel a lot of people are actually weirdly not everyone, but some people are actually enjoying this lockdown because they don't feel so much under pressure to have to show up, to have to be accepted for being a certain way. The one, those of us that, you know, are really living in our integrity and we're kind of loving what we're doing, it's a little hard to be kind of like confined, but it certainly <laughs> makes appreciate. It's yeah, I'm like, I. Yeah. I can't. But yeah. Sorry, go on. <laughs> I, I feel that when we do start to get some more breathing space, you know, that, that level of presence that you have when you're with your loved ones is, is you're far more in the moment. And we're just getting encouraged to really look at what matters. And if you've been in a job for a million years that you don't like, now is the time when you start to actually admit that to yourself and go, well, I've got time. Maybe I can start looking at my other options. Maybe I can give myself permission to just be authentic to me. So human connection will get stronger throughout this time. A sense of community will get stronger. There's a lot of small businesses now that are going to thrive because we can't necessarily get things exported and imported. So we're going to start to support our neighbors and support our community and support our tribe. And a sense of community, it's proven, 
is, is good for our mental health, you know, and people have been feeling really, really alone. And I, I do believe that there will be more connection on the other side of this. And that brings more contentment. When we feel more support, we feel more free to be ourselves. When we feel more free to be ourselves, we give ourselves permission to blossom into that more, to share our gifts, to share our abilities, to contribute something to the world. So it's not going to be all fluff and rainbows. You know, there is still going to be some really difficult certain things come out of this. Yet, ultimately, on the other side is a more conscious humanity where where you know the light workers and the healers are going to be the ones that are going to have money rather than the big bankers and kind of you know it's like people that have been really in their integrity are going to actually start to notice things flowing for them and i'm really excited for those people that have been waiting years to do that and then the the, the people that had been more attached to the ego to the narcissism you know they're the ones that are going to have a harder time but the harder time is a good thing because maybe it will encourage them. It's like a Jenga, you know, the whole Jenga thing. Jenga is just going to crumble, but then they get to rebuild it however they want to do it in a more conscious way. So connection, consciousness, community are three words that will come into 2021. And there will be new apps, new um, new technology booms, new you know, you, it's like people keep talking about a recession and yes, in one way there is a recession going to happen in some level, but also there's going to be new businesses that start which are going to accommodate some of the energies throughout this that are going to absolutely thrive. I mean, one example is um, this woman, she, she got a lot of like victims of human trafficking. So human trafficking is huge. It's, it's so huge and it's a big money maker and it's far more prevalent than we have ever known. And a lot more about that is going to come out this year. But this woman was taking, taking women and victims that had been through human trafficking and abuse and um, teaching them how to make denim jackets and denim jeans out of recycled denim. This business has just started. It's a multi-million dollar business. She's able to provide these victims of human trafficking with an income and people who are now becoming more conscious want to support this business. So they're buying the denim because it's got, it's not just a jacket that you see in a chain store. There's a message behind it. So that is kind of the type of essence where we're coming into now is we're seeking more substance, you know, and we want to support people. And, and so there's going to be, yes, some form of recession and also these really epic, awesome businesses that are in alignment and conscious and aware are going to do really, really well. So that's exciting. So much to look forward to after all this, honestly. Yes. <laughs> Again, like coming back to just at the end of it, you know, if you're tuning in, first of all, thank you again for making it through the later part of this episode. But really, what we can take away from what Sarah's saying and what we can look forward to is the new future. And I'm just going to go back to the three C's you dropped there, which is community, consciousness and creativity, was it? And connection, but let's make connection. It I like connection. Four yes, four C's. <laughs> yes, all <laughs> four. <laughs> um, Sarah, where can our listeners find you if they would like to get a reading or just get connected with you? Sure. So I am. I'm a bit of a technophobe, to be honest. As an intuitive person technology really overwhelmed me. So I keep it pretty simple. Most people reach out to me on Instagram. So my Instagram handle is she sees the stars. So if you look up, she sees the stars, you'll find my Instagram account. And I post a lot about the different transits, things that are happening this week, next week, this month, 
um, and just provide a lot of, I guess, overall guidance around the big transits. This is a year of very, very big transits, so we're all feeling it this year. Um, and then if people are actually wanting to go deeper and have a reading, they can send me a, a message on Instagram and my assistant will be in touch and we can organize it. And that's for the brave ones that really want to kind of find the goal. <laughs> I highly, from personal experience, guys, I highly recommend it. It's, it's, it's something else. I still don't have the words for it. I'm like, it's something. <laughs> <laughs> Your chart was so interesting too. You had an amazing chart. So much Leo. So, you know, working, yeah. and working <laughs> and kind of being seen and shining. Leo is ruled by the sun, which wants to radiate, which wants to express. So you guys, my Leos are having the hardest time with this lockdown because you want to be shining and radiating. So it's a hundred percent. And so when you, after actually after our session, because I really have been taking quite the lockdown quite hard by feeling so limited and it just goes in waves. But after, and, but I was feeling like, you know, we're all feeling this. So, you know, Hanley, just suck it up. We're all feeling this. But yeah, when you were like, no, this is actually really hard for you. I honestly was like, yes, this yeah. sucks. Yeah. <laughs> this well, is your, hard. Your whole purpose, honey, is to shine and be seen and to radiate and to express. That's your whole trajectory in this lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> like putting a sunflower in the closet and being like, oh, give it a right. It's, no. it's really hot. Yeah. Like, it's, 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 it's testing. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> thank you so much. Honestly, honestly, yeah, from the bottom you. of my heart, that was so insightful. I really hope that our listeners walk away with a new approach and insight into what astrology is. And we really appreciate you just taking a minute to share and put your energy into this podcast with us. So thank you. Oh, bless you. My yeah. pleasure. I mean, I learned gorgeous. a lot. Yay. <laughs> astrology 101. I know. <laughs> um, such gorgeous souls. It was so nice to connect. So my pleasure. We should do it again another time. Dive a little deeper. But yeah. It was really, really fun. Really fun. So nice to connect with you both. And Marissa, um, uh, anything you want to just close up for our listeners, maybe where they can find us if they want to join us on the gram? I mean, of course, you guys can find us on all the usual platforms, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all of it. We're, on, we're online on all the channels. And then, of course, follow us on Just So We Clear on Instagram. And then you're going to get all the little video clips of these episodes where you can actually see our wonderful faces and what our guests look like and just put a face to the name like add a little bit of i don't know a third dimension to this broadcast put a put some eyes nose and a mouth on us yeah. we're out there <laughs> <laughs> all right guys well thank you guys so much for tuning in and we will catch you on the next episode bye, bye.